Yo, 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 what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect show presented by Winjack Studios. I am your host, Chris Ross, and if you're new to us, welcome on board. In episode 107, we're going to increase our financial literacy, speaking with a financial entrepreneur that's been killing it for the last 20 years, Dave Van Buskirk. Some of the things to pay attention to in today's episode, it takes a little bit more than increasing your knowledge when it comes to finance to becoming a great financial advisor for your clients, community, and everyone that comes in contact with them. And just a disclaimer before we begin, when it comes to finance, you know how it goes. If you listen to anything on the show, do not take it as advice or any type of guidance when it comes to investments. This show was recorded for entertainment purposes only. Last but not least, stand by for a quick message before we start today's show. And if you're tuning in, you're only listening to the audio and you would like to catch the video, go to our website at winjet.com join to become a member of our phenomenal community with Winjet Studios. Last but not least, text us at 843-396-2104 or email 843-396-2104 at winjet.com. We welcome all feedback. This broadcast is brought to you by Winjet Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there. Dave, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you very much, Chris. I've really been looking forward to this. I have too. Since our previous conversation, and just a little shout out to Justin Breen. He's the one that obviously connected us. Great human. And you know what I love about Justin as much as I do is that he'll he'll do an intro, but intros are very short when he makes an introduction. You two need to meet, and then that's it. And it's <laughs> funny is that I have my very first call with whomever individual, and I'm listening for in that conversation where the light bulb went off on him to introduce me. <laughs> I'm like, I never know why, but Justin, I love you, man. Thank you so much for this introduction. I look forward. I've been looking forward to this for quite a while now since our previous conversation. And I know exactly the angle on what the listeners are really wanting to hear. And I want, they're going to be raving by the time they I have understanding of the financial services, 20 years of experience of not just helping people and clients, you've actually helped a lot of financial advisors underneath you, I guess, underneath your tutelage, but it's about 80 to a hundred or so. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and more informally, I would say. Yeah, I guess so. And, yeah. and it, this comes back all the way back from your childhood, but we'll get into that here in a little bit. But for the most part, you know, the only question I kind of ask is like a kind of like I was kicking off just giving the listeners a little bit more context on who you are and who you're about, right? Like say for instance, you're in a supermarket. And someone walks up to you and be like, hey, Dave, what do you do for a living? Like, how do you go about answering that question? Well, I, I start out by saying I, I am a financial advisor. And we have a very special process 
in our practice that we take everybody through to make sure that we take the time to really get to know them mm. before doing anything. We ask a lot of questions, very active listening and making sure that we understand what's most important to them. And we've been working with clients for you know, some of them for 20 years. This, this is, next month will be my 20th year with Edward Jones and as a financial advisor. Mm. So, you over 20 years of experience and i love you picked out one thing that most people overlook and this comes back to you from in my sales days i guess you would say people go how you're able to do what you do and the levels that you're able to do it i'm like because you don't do what you do i'm not i don't get on the phone and try to sell somebody something i get on the phone to listen to what they need right and it's it takes an active listener because it's not about what they're saying it's how they're going about saying it and what they're not telling me yeah, that's absolutely right. And as you go through the questions, you, you, I think that people are pretty surprised by how intently we're listening and, and how interested we truly are. And we bring yes. out things that, you know, by the time we're done with our questions, we might know more about that person than anybody in the world. Mm -hmm. They might tell you things that they've never told anybody else. Right. I, I look at financial advisors. That's like a I wouldn't even say a spiritual advisor or some type of religious thing right? you would have, but that's a very important relationship. It's you're, you're dealing with people's life, you know, lifelong earnings or savings or stocks. There's a lot of different ways. I mean, no one ever wants to get to a, a spot in their life where they feel like they're being taken advantage of. And yeah. those are a lot of touch points there. That's true. That's true. And as a result, because of those relationships that we form, our clients are like family to us. Yes. We, we've really developed deep, deep relationships. I mean, they're really friends. And, and when anything's happening in their life, we're, you know, and I, when I say we, it's my, my staff, Karen and Kendra and myself, we're, we really care about them and, and they care about us too. I mean, it's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. What happens through the years of uh, being able to do this for people. Mm -hmm. And you just, you saying that just now proves how you're able to do it at such a high level. You said we. Hmm. Most people yeah. say we, they don't have we actions. Yeah, I learned long ago to try to get the word I out of my vocabulary as much as I can, Chris. Mm -hmm. I have yeah. to <laughs> throughout yeah. the years. Yeah. Because it's easy to say, I've done this. I've done That's very egotistical. Mm -hmm. Very much so. And you know, that's a whole thing about finance, you know, that I love about the financial advisors and the ones that I have obviously working with me and giving me advice and kind of nudging me on certain type of investments and whatnot. They, <laughs> they do a really good job on not just getting to know me, but they're getting to know they're even some of the investments that I do make and some of the behavioral traits that I do possess. And when mm -hmm. I'm using the word, you, you know, some of the words that you people just drop, I pay attention to those when I'm developing a relationship. So when they use the word I a lot, I know that they're very, they could be borderline egotistical a little. Yep. And it's, it's, a, I think it's just like success. You'll learn later through life that the more that you're welcoming community and you look at community first rather than, you know, competition, it makes, it makes things a little easier in life. Would you agree? Absolutely. No, so, no question. Yeah. So here's my question for that. When did you make that type of shift in looking at everybody as a resource 
and for help and guidance rather than looking at maybe externally in the world or whatever there was as a potential con- type of competition for you. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's pretty interesting. That, that's a great question. It, it probably, it didn't take too, too long. I, I would mm-hmm. say in, into my career when that happened, um, there were so many people that helped me along the way. Mm. If, if it's okay, could I, could I tell a story? Yes, please. I know the, I know, I think I know the story you're about to tell. And it was probably, I fell in love with you when you told me this story. Cause I was okay. like, man, this is great. So yeah, please. Yeah, so I think this is a good time as any to, to tell it. <laughs> right. The, the, um, it it kind of goes back to the reason that I, I started this in the first place. And I, I don't know exactly the date, but I do know exactly where it was. It was, it was on Southside Drive in Owego, New York. And I was 13 or 14 years old. And my grandparents, my, my grandfather worked at IBM. And my grandparents, I overheard them talking about their IBM stock. And my grandmother had kind of a, a ledger that, that she was looking at and they were discussing it. And I asked her later if she would mind telling me a little bit about what they're doing. And so what they were doing was my grandfather working at IBM, he was able to take some of his salary every week and accumulate enough money to buy shares of IBM stock. And what had happened, the the example that my uh, grandmother was, she, she was just amazing. She wasn't working at the time, but she got wind that my grandfather had this opportunity. He wasn't taking advantage of it. But when she learned about it, she went and made sure that she got a part-time job while she was raising her kids. And every every dime that she made, they bought the IBM stock with it. And so I became interested in it. Uh, she took the time to, to teach me. Then I started, started subscribing to Money Magazine when I was in high school. I went to uh, Villanova University, mm-hmm. majored in finance. I wasn't, I, I always wasn't interested in investing and thought I'd be a financial advisor at some point, but I didn't quite have the confidence coming right out of college. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, you know, a few years in the corporate world, went for my MBA. And then when I, uh, I met my wife in uh, Dallas, where, where we are now, uh, wh- while we were engaged, I, I jumped ship from the corporate world and became a financial advisor, but it's all because of my grandmother. And, and, uh, I, you ask about the shift. I think I think the shift it starts with her. Yes. And how it opened my mind to be more curious and to learn and to listen to people. And then ever since the the mentors I've had from other other financial advisors, the mentors I've had as far as coaching, I've invested a lot in myself over the years. Clients, friends, family, my my wife. Oh my gosh, my kids. Mm. Uh, and just being continuing to be grateful and wanting to learn more from them and grow as a result. When your grandmother was, I guess, just shout out to her, her soul, right? Um, yeah. I truly believe that success is all about when you're exposed. It, at some point in your life, I mean, I didn't come from the lucky sperm club, okay? <laughs> I didn't. So, but I did have an opportunity to be around. I guess the last gentleman type of era, like World War II type peeps, my grandmother, my grandfather, Italian family, um, hardworking, like hardworking, strong values, strong principles, 
they lived and died by, right? So like the old days, remember the days when you would open door for ladies and stuff? And I'll tell you a quick story. I was out here in the UK, my first winter in the UK, went to the grocery store and I watched a lady was putting a bag inside of her car and it busted and was oranges and it kind of hit the ground. Well, I walked up and I went to pick up the oranges. She jumped back and I scared her because she, she thought I was trying to hurt her. I was like, no, I'm just trying to help you out. Right? So, yeah. and I realized that how detached that generation is from this world we live in right now in society. But me being around them, I learned some strong things. But granted, my relationship with money was that it, it was a scarcity type of mindset. That mm -hmm. there was not enough available. Right. So, but if you want something, you have to work hard to get it. It wasn't that they weren't smart people. It's just that they didn't have the type of exposure of those financial type of services and looking at money as a tool rather than, you know, obviously what they were looking at it as so by the means of end all. Right. So, right. and I just think that's a beautiful thing that you were exposed to that and it sparked and you on your journey for you to do what you do, but yeah. it's not about what you do. It's why you do it. And that's what I love about you as much as I do. It's like, have you thought about, does it have to change through your journey at all? Like, have you ever like looked at money as a, like, I need to make this, I need to do, were you ever going, because it sounded like to me that you were, you were just put yourself in the right position of that advice. And it's kind of like you're, you're, I guess, oozing out of you, your, your principles and what you believe in overall. Mm -hmm. So if that, I'm just trying to pinpoint the question, because I know it's more of a broad question, but I'm looking at, is there, is there any part of your journey in those 20 years of experience of owning and entrepreneurship? Has that ever changed like your outcome? I think that it continues to grow. Um, I, I, that, that's really what you got me thinking. That's for sure. Right. I'm just, I'm just curious on a, on a, yeah. on a, as just an, as in for the entrepreneurial type of question, because right. I feel that, you know, I'm in my, you know, going on ninth year in entrepreneurship. I've actually passed it. Actually, I'm in my ninth year mm -hmm. in ninth year in entrepreneurship. And I know I have. Right. I think because I think it's just through, you know, me evolving. Right. But like, I guess not the why never changed. Because I believe it was my purpose, but it's just it's a really interesting type of question because I don't really hear a lot of this before. I mean, as in just other shows and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I say that the purpose has evolved through the years as as we've continued to grow our practice and as things have I mean, we're, we're just so incredibly fortunate. So I want to be a good role model for everybody, too, that, that we work with. I think all entrepreneurs should be in, uh, within their practices. Um, I was going to say, though, that, you know, the, the thing about uh, money, it, it does provide a lot of freedom. Mm -hmm. But it, it's only one of the freedoms that comes along with entrepreneurship. Yes. Right. There it is. Yeah. And the the uh, and I. A lot, a lot of things that I might say, it, it's come from experience, it's come from learning and things that I've learned from other people. And mm -hmm. one, one big, uh, in, a huge influence on me has been strategic coach through the years that I think I've mm -hmm. heard others talk about on your podcast. And I've been um, with them for 14 years. But the one of the things that they talk about are the four freedoms of being an entrepreneur. And they are uh, money is one, time, relationships, and purpose. And all of those continue to get enhanced as you continue to, to do this longer and longer and longer. But I, I, I do think it is focused most on 
I, I think for most of us, it, it's on the purpose. Yes. You know, 100%. And, so for, for, for my wife and I, we, we want to continue to grow our wealth so that we can be there for others. At, at service of others. And I, yeah. I feel that, I feel that through you. Whether it's for our own family or whatever it might be. Um, and when we're, when we're talking to others, we, we, we feel the same way. And we try to make a difference with everybody, with, with every interaction that they have with us. We, we, we want them to have a better day because they had a chance to talk to us. Right. They, there's obviously a lot that we can't discuss like in, in detail because obviously we respect the fact that, you know, the privacy of others and situations because we never want to, and just kind of a little quick disclaimer before we kind of go into this, um, for anybody listening to this right now that hears something in this call and you're taking it as advice, we're not, that's, don't take anything that we're saying as a piece of advice. Look, we're, we're talking about something a little bit more broader of, of what you can do and actually like leading with gratitude and, and just be grateful for the, for an opportunity from whatever present moment you're in right now an opportunity. So don't take anything we're taking as a financial advice and try to use that as a way of trying to make money or whatever. I mean, cause I don't want to get you obviously in that type of situation because I know how I am with my legal advice mm -hmm. and you can, you know, you can pretty much, they'll take a piece of advice and be like, well, I didn't tell you to do that. Now you're, now you can be hit with a, obviously a nice little piece of paper. All right. <laughs> right. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. No, I don't want that. I don't want that to happen, you know, because, you know, they'd say money, more money, more problems like uh, Notorious B.I.G. And that's true. It's right. Like, <laughs> right. Well, you're always looking for that fast track. But when you're obviously with the in the financial game, it sounds like to me that from you being exposed from your grandmother and obviously with the IBM stock, and I just think that's amazing. And from there, you went to obviously, you know, getting, going to college, after college, going to corporate, kind of like spreading your wheel on, well, I guess, wings in corporate. Mm -hmm. When you're, mm -hmm. let's, let's go back in time just at, at that moment, like during that time frame. I think that's really interesting because I think a lot of people, when they do turn in, tune into the show, they might be in corporate America. I'm a corporate America dropout. So yeah. I was in corporate America. And at some point, I started getting exposed to a higher level of thinking in the investors. Like, and then I realized, I was like, man. I'm working 80 hours a week, 80 hours. And of course, they give you a laptop because they want you to work from home. <laughs> I'm working 80 hours a week and I'm making 128 a year. Great money from where I come from in the world. But I was making these guys millions of dollars every month. Yeah. And I, when I got exposed to that, when, I showing, when they showed me how much money they were making, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, who's getting, who's getting gypped here? Right. So, but so I'll be lied if I said that I wasn't enticed by the money side of it. Of course you are. But when you were in that world and you're in corporate America, what was like some of the pivotal moments for you that sparked your interest that, you know what, I'm going to do this on my own. Yeah, that, okay. So that, that's really interesting. Yeah, I know that in, in starting out in corporate America after college, it was a great way to grow. You, mm -hmm. you got to meet a lot of people and deal with a lot of different situations and, have some structure, build your confidence. So I, yes. I you know, what a, I'm, I'm so appreciative for the opportunity. And what was great was as, as I went from, I, I was only with a, a couple companies, but at, as I continued to get promoted, you know, from every job you have, even if it wasn't necessarily really in your wheelhouse or in your unique ability, you learn something from it that you can take 
somewhere else. And, and that's what that's why I tell my kids too who are in college right now, one's graduating next week. And it's don't don't worry if you're going to whatever experience you get, you're going to be able to grow from it. hundred percent to move into something else. But then I guess uh, what one thing that that had happened was I, I continued to, to study investing and so forth. And mm-hmm. I got really interested in uh, in our 401k and everything. And so um, I was giving all kinds of advice on how to invest in your 401k. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I even did uh, my final paper for my master's degree was, was how to best take advantage of your 401k. But that was that I, yeah, so I kind of like set up shop. It was almost like uh, Shawshank Redemption when he's, he's, but does that sets up that office to do taxes. Yes. That's one of my favorite movies of all time, by the way. (laughs) Me too. too. Yeah. But that's, so I, I I was doing that quite often. Um, And I, but I just realized, well, heck I'm, I'm helping a lot of people doing this. And I love it. I need, I need to, I need to really figure out how I'm going to go and and get out on my own and do this and, and help others. And 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 I I know I'll make a good living. I'm going to work as hard as I as I do in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other people who have done it. I've got a lot of support. My my wife's amazing. Who's going to support me and my family? And uh, we 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 took the leap, and that was back in uh, it was in 2001. That's crazy. 20 years. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. Most people don't make it to one. Okay. <laughs> one year anniversary of it. I'm serious. Like I've been around some people that like they'll, they'll launch a business and then they'll go quickly go back into, you know, obviously back what they used to do for a living mm-hmm. quickly because they haven't, they haven't made that shift in the, the mentality wise. I, right. I can't go back. There's it's impossible. I wouldn't be able to operate. I, yeah, I wouldn't either. I, I have nightmares about that, actually. Do it's you? A, it's yeah. a great nightmare that I that I'm back in corporate America. <laughs> I, I, you know what? You know, here's the thing. And I actually, this is funny. And this goes out to the people who are still in corporate America that I left behind. Okay. No offense to you guys. But when right. I was building and creating the two programs that I was structuring the deals for, for the trade schools, once every, I think it was once every two weeks or biweekly or whatnot, I had to be like on a live call, for like Q and A type of thing, and asking me questions or all the, like the director of emissions, uh, the VPs, and uh, maybe even some of the financial aid people were there. But when they would jump on the call, and then just hearing them, like on the call, like when I was, I wasn't even talking yet, but I was just like, it was like a, a webinar thing. They couldn't see me, but they can hear me, and I can hear them. And just hearing the demeanor before the call started and during the call and how they talked and how they spoke to people, it literally gave me heebie-jeebies, if that's even a word. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't, I can't do this. Like, what you guys do for a living drives me and, like, I couldn't do it. So I, when I got out of my way and it came with confidence was I kept remembering the CEOs and the VPs. You guys still trade your time for money. Mm-hmm. So that did help with my confidence level. I was on a video call one time and I had like a, I was work, I had a workout clothes on, not, not on purpose. And these guys are all wearing suits. And I was like, well, and I, I, something clicked in my mind where I was like, you have to do this. I don't have to do this. Right. But so when you make that shift in the world, I don't, I don't have to do what I do for a living. I get to do it. Exactly. That's a major shift in entrepreneurship in your mentality when was that shift for you? It, it was immediate. It was yep. ab- it was absolutely immediate. Yeah, Love it. 
It, it was. And I'll tell you what, I had some extra motivation too. <laughs> so yes, what I didn't tell you, I don't believe was, um, when, uh, when I, when I met my, my wife, uh, she had two young kids. So she, she was, uh, going through a divorce mm. and I was taking on a new job and uh, a new family right away. That's a so, lot of, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, but it, it was good pressure though. But I had some motivation with, with you know, I married all three of them. What was how it went. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Met. Yeah. I'm, you know, God, you talk about, uh, all, all what, what a year 2001, what, what an amazing year. Mm. And, um, but yeah, I had some motivation that, that there was, there was no option to going back. It, it, it was going to happen. But then what was, um, what was crazy was just a couple days after I was licensed and I went through all the training and I was able to go out and actually uh, licensed to be able to do business with people. My second day was September 11th. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Go, go into this. This is good. I didn't know this. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's kind of like that Wolf of Wall Street movie where his first day is actually a broker. Was it, it, yeah. it had that huge crash. Isn't that funny? I just can't stop my mind from where it goes, but that's Black, what I thought of. Black Monday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So people were telling me I was crazy to get in the business at that time and everything. And how was I handling it? And it couldn't have been a better time. Uh, everybody wanted to talk and it, it was, and they, they needed someone to be there for them. Mm -hmm. but it, it really was, was an amazing time to get started. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't know any different. I was, <laughs> I, just, I, I had just started it. And, and by the way, I probably opened up my grandparents' account that day too. I think they were my second client after me. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. Everything comes full circle, doesn't it? Right. right, right. There's, there is no, I, I am convinced there are zero accidents in life. Zero. And I zero. was their first, and I was their first financial advisor too. That is nuts. Yeah. Um, they were yeah, grooming I, you from the. They were grooming you from the start, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that you know, going through that time, it just it 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 taught me so much. It, it taught me how to be resilient, um, how to focus on what I can control. Mm. And uh, you know, later on, as as I said, as I got into being coached more, um, looking back at those experiences and the and the tools and concepts that that I've learned to help get through those times that are you know unusual times like last year or or things you might be going through in your life mm -hmm. with uh, different things that there, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that, that we can do to help us uh, in, in practicing gratitude and, and different things to, um, you know, to get through times like that. You know, I hear a lot. I mean, here, of course, is getting to the point to where you have a lot of the, I wouldn't even say influencers. I don't even like to use that word. I mean, come on, let's be real, right? Not thought leaders. Are the ones that I, when I go after and seek advice from are the ones that are not the biggest names out there, the ones that seek advice. You know what I mean? I mean, no offense, because some of these guys are my friends or gals are my friends. And I, I just don't, I wouldn't do that. I would actually go to someone who gives me a lot of substance and the ones that don't want to be known. Mm -hmm. I had to force myself to level up. And when I force myself to level up, when I in, not invested in coaching, I didn't need someone to teach me something, but I needed a manager. I needed someone to handle my, and you know, so obviously bookings and like on, as in to be able to speak on my behalf and whatnot. I was leveling myself up. Yeah. So when, when I mentioned, when I, the reason why I'm bringing this up, when you took on 
being a stepfather and marrying all three with your wife, you forced yourself to level up right then. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a lot of people aren't going to take that as an opportunity. Just by the way that you use your words, I know it's you're hundred percent authentic. You're not in thought inauthentic because you're genuine because you married all three. This is the thing I pay it. Obviously I'm an active listener and you could probably <laughs> tell it's obviously with this and I'm obviously me and you, but I listen for what people say in the subtle drops and that you force yourself to say, all right, I got this. And that's a lot of pressure, but needed pressure. And even your face lit up before those can't see the video of this, go to Winject studios or winject.com and become a member. But your face lit up when you talked about your family. Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. take it as a, there's no going back. You had, you, you held yourself accountable to it. Yeah. So how did you kind of like navigate through those waters with her, you know, obviously your kids, obviously it's not just her kids, it's your kids. How did you kind of navigate through those waters of establishing, I guess you would say a foundation to build upon? Well, you know, I think, uh, I think it comes down to a lot of what, what both my, my wife and I learned from our, our parents and the, the good foundation that we had from our family that we were yes. going to be there for each other. And I, both of our parents got married very young. We, we were both the oldest in our families and we saw our, our parents go through a lot of struggles along the way to, mm-hmm. to get, to get where they are. And I think having that foundation, number one was just huge that you, you, know, you keep your nose down. You, you know, the thing too, here, here's what it really, here, and here's the other thing it real boils down to is that, look, this is something that it, entrepreneurs, it, you, you don't have to go recreate the wheel. It's been done before. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I love this. I love that you're on here. I love you're going here with this. That, that's what it is. And so you don't have to recreate the wheel. It's gosh, you, and you, and you have so many people that have done it before you do what they did, do, do what they did to make it, make it things successful and learn from their mistakes and take their advice and keep things simple. But you know, the thing, and, and the biggest thing is you just, you keep your nose down and, and, and work and focus on what you can control and what you can control are having good conversations Mm-hmm. And listening to people and showing them that you are interested and, you're, and you don't want to be interesting and interesting means you're probably talking too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're the only, you're the, you're the one man show or one woman show at that right. point. They're right. showing up for you to speak. That's going to, you, you're not conscious of how you can recycle your energy. All right. you're doing is burning energy. Right. And, and, and then what drove me to was wanting to be a role model for those kids. Yes. And, 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 a, and a friend of mine taught me years ago, they're not my stepchildren, they're my bonus children. Oh, I like that. Isn't I like that. Yeah, that is pretty cool. That is yeah. pretty cool. Your son's actually going to be a financial advisor as well. That's right. Yeah, he's in his second year at, at Texas Tech, and that's what he's studying. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so ho- hopefully one day we'll be working together here. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. It's like, all right, you showed me the way. Now move out the way, Gramps, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I yeah. got this. Under but yeah, you, you you touched on something really powerful that you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You just need to be able to figure out how you can cultivate and build upon that wheel into the modern world and yep. to staying relevant. This, this is big for myself, a thing for I, I try to – teach people through the show and through a lot of my actions don't emulate, never emulate the end result emulate the 
uh, actionable steps and the tasks that are going to need. Yeah. But you first need to go back all the way back, back in to your thoughts and then really investigate cultivation of silence, cultivation of self-discovery, where, where your emotional side is and how much emotion is attached to certain anchors and what are those anchors to investigate. Mm-hmm. So this could be your relationship with money, your mindset. So if you're in a scarcity mindset, you're only, you're only limited to what you think is available to you. To me, I don't live that world. You don't either. I live in an abundant lifestyle. So when I'm living in that world, as long as resources are, resources are available to me, I'm going to make it happen. You don't need to tick all the boxes when it comes to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I, you sound like to me, you put in those hours. I put in those hours and I became really good at one thing. Yep. And turning myself from great to phenomenal to unstoppable at one thing. All the other things added on later. Yeah. Because I can outsource now because I'm making the type of liquid that I wasn't right. making before. Right. So I think 50 Cent said it best. He goes, <laughs> he goes no, I don't have any because I didn't have. What did he say? Something about Harvard. He's like, I've never been to Harvard, but I got a lot of people on my staff that went there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, actually, I read one of his um, his recent book. Um, I w- listened to the uh, 48 Laws of Power, Robert Greene. Anything Robert Greene writes, I read. That dude's a beautiful mind. Um, and he did one with uh, 50 Cent, and that's how I obviously picked up on it. And I and it's another book that he came out with, it, and it was really funny. And he talked about personas. But here's the thing, and that's kind of led me to my question. It's funny how this works. But you hear this a lot with people. They think a persona, it's like a, I guess an alter ego. It's a mask they're putting on. How quickly do you see through that mask and the other side of it when they're when you're working with someone like that and they're trying to give you an illusion that they are who they are and what they're about? Because I guess that if you if you can't see past that mask, that's what I do. Is when I, you don't need to tell me anything. I read it off of you with energy, mm-hmm. like I speak intuitively with people, and I go all the way down to the source. So and then I can see it. And a lot of people they can't see it. But that's definitely that's my gift that me putting in that work When you being an active listener and you having that type of skill. When did you kind of like know that that was your gift in life of really developing relationships, like all like genuine relationships? Mm-hmm. When did you kind of identify that that was a that was one of your gifts? Boy, I. Uh, a really good friend of mine. My this gosh, you you bring up some great questions. You get me. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny because a, a really good friend of mine, when I think I was just recently out of college, he he did say he he told me I was one of the best listeners that he he's ever known, and and it was a very young age. But again, I go back to the foundation. It's my parents. It. it it absolutely is from my my parents. They they were the role models for that. And I'll, I'll and um, I don't know if I did tell you this when we first talked, but my my dad passed away at the end of January. It you did. You told me. Yeah. That. And um, what because of COVID, we we couldn't go see him. And he my my folks live in New Jersey, and so we we FaceTimed with him uh, on his last day and. But what the last thing he said to us, to my family, was, uh, well, he, he, he said, you know, he's proud of us. And he, he said, tell all of your friends that I love them. 
But then he, he said to all of us, he said, but look, most of all, continue to be kind to others. That was the last thing he said to me. And they, wow. they yeah, yeah, I mean, it, was, it was incredible. And they, they always, uh, they always taught us that and, and lived that example. But um, I, I've tried to be even better about that since that happened. I, I try to be more present. And I, and I think people need that now more than ever with what's been going on over the past year, not not just with what happened with COVID, but then everything going on in the news and the election and all that stuff. It's so much and, division. Yeah. And just I think people really, really um, appreciate when you slow down, mm-hmm. and you ask an extra question before you hang up or have to leave and you really take the time to be present. And I, I, I have a, a, a quote from Zig Ziglar, you never know when a moment and a few sincere words can have an impact on a life. And I, I, I just, uh, I don't even remember what your original question was. No, that you're, you're going right to what I was looking for, for the listeners. Yeah. That you, you know, when you're an active listener, but it also starts with the mentality and the mindset of you're leading with your intention and your intention is pure about being kind. Yes. That's yeah. what I picked up on pretty quickly. And that was what, I mean, you know, I've always asked myself that question, like, you know, what would that type of, what would that feel like if God willing, if I do make it to 90 or hundred, whenever I pass over, I don't know. I look at that's true success in life is how people talk about you after you're gone mm-hmm. and having your family around you. And, and unfortunately you weren't able to be there next to your father but you did obviously speak to him and that was a heck of a piece of advice um, because it does like random act of kindness. Also that raises your vibration. Most people don't understand this. Right. I'll tell you a little quick story for this. I was going through, I was going through recently and I was had an opportunity to be able to, I guess, get to another level of success. But at the time is where I was getting the most force from external and I didn't know how to navigate through it. But when I started to slow down and start to really, and I've always really been good about measuring, reassessing and getting really pinpoint on my approach and what I needed to do. Cause I'm not going to move unless it's going to get me to the outcome. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to take a step back. So I would much rather just sit there and make sure I'm, I'm understanding the game and understanding the moving parts. When I'm looking at these moving parts, that was an opportunity for me to break through to the number level. But when I did that, it was funny like 25 years um, has already passed. April 12th, my sister passed away. So it was her anniversary. That day never gets easier. Yeah. But I got my, I received my gift from her of speaking, learning, and just being exposed. We're all exposed to it. It's just about taking that gift and then sharpening it and becoming who you, whom you are in life and who you're supposed to be, right? So when I'm bringing this up is I was going through really something and I went and got a cup of coffee at a little, like, you know, those little um, like food trucks, yeah. And wouldn't you know it, I was looking, I was just praying for a sign. I was at, literally going through my manifestation in the morning, my my normal ritual. Because my morning times is like my nighttime, because I work, you know, U.S. hours typically still, because my businesses obviously operate and I operate them from here. So I was, I kind of get out in the morning and I was at the, the coffee stand where it was a food truck and this guy, and I was just praying. I was like, I just need you to know and guide me, you know, into what I need to do. Right. And wouldn't you know it, went there and I 
got a cup of coffee and I'm sitting there and there's a guy in a wheelchair, like one of those electric wheelchairs. And I felt this, I felt a presence. It was weird. It was a weird moment. I felt a presence like on me. And I'm just like, and I paid for my coffee and just kind of sat there for a minute. And then he was giving back my change. And I was like, Hey man, the guy was like sitting, I was like, Hey man, how much is his food? But I can tell, I just sensed something and I wasn't just trying to like pay for his food because I looked at him and like, he had like this little pouch and he was counting his money after he already paid for it, but he was counting his money, how much he had left. Mm-hmm. And of course it wasn't like his meal was like that expensive, was probably like what, 15 bucks or whatever. I was like, Hey man, I would like to pay for his food. He's like, oh, I already paid. I'm like, I know, but I'm looking at his, just do me a favor, whatever it was, I'll charge me and please don't tell him that it came from me. And that, that's all I'm talking about, random act of kindness and being kind to people. Yeah. Just being, but I was, if I was stuck in my phone or in my own head or like trying to be too busy and reactive to the world, I'm now, I'm now forcing myself to be a lot more present with my life, not just business. But that took that as an opportunity. And wouldn't you know it, I was the next day I broke through on a different level. Nice. So, and I, and I mentioned this with you because people don't, you don't realize the impact that you can make on others through subtle things. Mm-hmm. Have you really sat back and thought about certain times in your life where you were just kind to someone and something you didn't have to do and it came back around full circle to you? Wow. I, I, I can't. Oh boy. Right now, I'm not sure if I can remember an exact moment, but I do believe, and maybe something will come to me, but I, I, Mm -hmm. I do believe that there is an impact. Uh, you know, what, what goes around comes around. Yes. Karma's a, you know what, for people. Right. And if, and if you, I, I just feel like you continue to do the right thing. You practice the golden rule. You, you, you practice empathy. You're kind that it, it comes back in droves. And I, I, I just, I feel we've experienced that in, in, on our team mm-hmm. uh, with, with my family. No, no, no doubt about it. Just do, do the right thing. And you do the right thing for a lot of people and a lot of right things are going to happen to you. It's true. It's true. Like I'm, I mean, even some of the hardest times in my life were the best times in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when you're looking at those tough times, it's an opportunity for you to grow. And you, no question. Like, and, when, and when you're going through it, when you're going through it, it seems like forever. Yes, it does. It's like slows down time because you're in a traumatic experience. It's a high yeah. emotional because that's where you get the most memories from is it takes a snapshot yep. of your experience and where your emotions are at. Right. But then once you're through it, you look back and you realize it wasn't as long as you thought. hundred percent. And we, we could take this past year as a perfect example of it. I mean, mm-hmm. can you believe we're already a year since the the the, uh, the whole country shut down, the whole world shut down, basically. It's, it's crazy. You know, I was looking at something. I was watching a do- I watch a lot of documentaries. I don't like I don't watch a lot of mindless entertainment. And that's something I did learn through COVID that I can live without sports. So that's <laughs> I don't watch sports anymore. It sucks because I used to really thoroughly enjoy. I just I, I find myself it's like. Of course, it's like a way to release, but I, I can't, I'm just not interested in that. So I, I watch a lot of documentaries. I'm a nerd, right? So, but I was watching this documentary on Apple or Apple Plus or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I have an Apple TV thing. 
And I was watching this documentary and it was the guy that in here in England, he's like 90 something years, gazillion years old. And he does like the, um, the wilderness type of stuff, like the planet earth, like documentaries, the guys, David, something, Dave, something, English, I could forgive my last, for, for me not remember his last name. Anyways, make a long story short. It talked about the, 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 the year the world changed. And I come to a realization after watching this documentary and it was about the, um, you know, all the different parts of the world and like the whales and, you know, could be the cheetahs and, you know, all the different parts of the animal kingdom that, that there was an opportunity for them to get back to a habit to life and obviously having more and some endangered species. Right. So then that's where, cause like the, the world's traffic, even on the, in the world, um, in the water, in the ocean, there wasn't a lot of traffic. So it gave an opportunity for the habit, obviously the wildlife and all the areas to, communicate on a different level but not being so loud and noise and things have slowed back down i come to the realization i mean people if they would have took that as an opportunity for them to grow through the situation it's not going to seem as long but i i truly believe this the ones that put in the work in that one year that pandemic because this wasn't a dave or chris ross pandemic this was an everybody pandemic yeah so if you took some time to kind of work hard on yourself you'll, you're going to reap the benefits. Yeah. And for a lot of us, I think, you know, I, 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 would, I would say for most of us, there is a time to be reactive when something like that happens, but then it's how quickly can you shift to proactive? Mm -hmm. For that, I, know you, I know you can't get into the conversations all the way in detail. So please don't feel like you have to like expand on this, okay. but I'm just morally curious on a financial side. What were the conversations like during those times? Some of it is just, just what I had said in any, yeah, I, we, we have to be a little careful, right? So right. Of course. Some of it like is more, more like the, more like, I guess, pinpoint on the demeanor of yeah. people as in, as in general. Yeah. It, well, for one thing, n nothing normally happens good when you panic. Mm -hmm. in no, any never in life. Right. Right. Never, never. Right. I can't, I can't think of one opportunity where I panicked and it worked out. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So that that's number one. Um, no, number two, it, it's being a calm voice and pointing to history when we've been in similar times. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, you get, now history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Oh, I like that. I'm going to write that down. Right. And you, you can go back and look at past situations that we've been in and use that as a guide, but it's all about being calm and cool, collective mm -hmm. for, for those people that count on you and, and being the, being the guiding voice and, the, and a guiding hand and, and, and telling them, look, we're going to get through this together. And, and my team is going to hold your hand all the way through it, but, 100%. We, will get, but we will get through it. And I love that. I'm just more curious. I know that we have the similar core value and obviously Obviously, your gift of listening, right? And just no one, especially if you're a a person of influence and you're panicking, you're just now created a culture of panic and, and chaos. Yeah. I love chaos, but I'm not that type of chaos. Like me being a leader, the reason why they're following me and the reason why they're with me and a part of my mission is because they they know what why I'm about this about this life, I guess you would say. So they're not bought into the mission overall. They're bought into me. So if I start freaking out, I'm just now creating chaos on the team. Yep. Chaos culture. There's a lot of people counting on me, right? That's accountability. 
lot right. of people. So right. I have to continue to keep pouring in to myself and then pouring out and recycling. So when you talked about being, you know, cool, calm and collective and you giving off that kind of like presence, that's a really strong, that's a strong presence of, listen, this is a really bad time. It's unpredictable. It's un it leads to uncertainty and it leads to fear and stress and all the other stuff that you know, I need you I need you to understand. And I love that you use the, you use it like the history as an analogy. Mm -hmm. Look at this time. This is what they did to overcome this. Everything in life is right there in books, man. <laughs> Everything you ever needed to need, you just learn something. Look at back at life. History repeats itself. And I love that, that it also rhymes. I like that, man. It's pretty good. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Yeah. So when you're, look, when you're oh. looking at that, when you're yeah. looking at that, I want to ask just real quick. Yeah. When you're looking at that, what do you look? Are you looking for the behavioral patterns? What what kind of patterns are you trying to pick up on? Well, yeah, I, I would say, let, let's so let's take a look at last year, and I, I look right. at that that were similar. So, nineteen sixty eight. Mm -hmm. Now, some of that was the year I was born, but there a lot of us were alive at that time. So, not but it's not that long ago. We can't go you know check, look in the news to see what was going on. Right. But the same things were happening in 1968 that were happening last year. Mm -hmm. there, there, was, there was a major election. The, the political environment was horrible. Was it Tricky Dicky? Was it that year? Well, he, yes. So he was elected president. But what was crazy was that Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah. Okay. I'm just like, I'm just going, I'm a huge history guy. So that's all it triggered, right. triggered my brain. Well, can you imagine what right now if one of our, Candidates was assassinated. Holy cow. I, I truly thought something, something was going to pop off this. You know, I felt, I felt something was, you know, it, it could have went a different route, obviously. Yeah. Um, there were, there were a lot of protests and, and riots in 1968 because a black man was killed. Mm -hmm. Martin Luther King. And, they, they, and, oh, and, and by the way, there was a pandemic that year too. Yep. The Hong That's Kong. So funny. Yep. So, it, I mean, and life went on. America figured it out. Mm -hmm. There's not, there's nothing wrong with our country that what's right with it can't fix. Oh, I love that. It's so true, man. You know, and the only way to get through it is, to, is one word together. Yeah. If you try to do something by yourself, you, there's, you're only going to be limited at some point you're of right potential or opportunity I've learned that through entrepreneurship. Togetherness is the biggest force. Yes. And you're welcome. You're looking at the marketplace. Or you're looking at you know people around you and other companies. I look at a company and see how can I be at service to you? Is there something that I can do for you to make it a little bit easier? Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, I mean, even talking about competitor. I've sent emails and been at events and go, we do something. We do, we're, we're in a, we do the same thing for a living. I said, no, we don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we don't do it because my why and my purpose is a little different than yours. You're trying to make money. I'm trying to help people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that you don't help people, but I'm looking at all areas of life. So I do it through relationships. I do it through purpose. I do it through obviously me being a living testament of what I'm trying to get them to do. Right? So you can't be someone that shows up and expects them to go over that mountain. You need to go over that mountain and show them how it's done. 
And it, I mean, I'm not going to take advice from someone that isn't competent and giving me advice. If that makes sense, you know? Yep. Um, some of the financial people that I've had and worked with, they're younger than me. Oh, sure. And I'm like, I'm excited. People, some people will look at him and go, uh, he's young or she's young. No, I look, you must know something <laughs> to get yourself to this point. So I'm open. I'm all ears. Any kind of advice you can give me that's going to help. I'm good, man. I don't care who you are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I, I yeah, and I, uh, you know, speaking of that, I, I love having young doctors. 100%. Yep. 100%. A lot of, not a lot of bad habits there. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're, they're more on the cutting edge and keeping up with what's going on. 100% and the technology They're They probably, they've been trained and they don't have the old habits in the, well, back in my day or back in 1968, we didn't right. have this type of technology or well, you were trained. Of course, I'm not trying to say that there's awful doctors and no offense to England right now. They had a really rough year with the NHS. They have free medical. I don't care. I come from a world you pay for medical. I ain't, I, ain't, I don't want no free medicals. You know, free only leads to <laughs> people not having the kind of qualifications. If I'm going to be worked on, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I'm going to be worked on, I want to know that they got me. It's all good. Yeah. So, and that's kind of like with finances too. If you're going to obviously give me advice of my money, I'm like, what have you done? Exactly. What have you done with yours? Like walk me through something. You can't get into obviously certain <laughs> conversations, but what, like, what have you done in your, in your career that you I'll can you. use? Right. So, and I mean, that's obviously what's your competitive advantage is basically what I'm alluding to. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll say it's, it's not about the investments. It's about, it's about being goal focused and plan driven. Okay. Got it. That's, that's it. But, I, but I'll tell you the, the number one, most, uh, I would say the number one determinant for how much money you have is how much you save. <laughs> say that again. I the want people one, to hear, I want people to hear this again. The number one determinant for how much money you have is how much you save. Love this. And it's, then multiply. Yep. It's not about the magic investment. It's about the, the number, the number one key is how much you put away. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, like, I actually was on a live call and this is a pretty big group I was on a call with and they were asking me questions and they, you know, that's one thing they didn't, they didn't know who I was as in personally, but the person that obviously was introducing me spoke really highly of me. And I, I do appreciate it. Cause it was one of the, I would say that he's, I mean, it's not even argument It's one of the best in the game at what he does for a living. Right. There was probably close to around like 15,000, 17,000 people on that live stream. They couldn't see me, but they could hear me. And he was talking about, he's like, I want Chris, I want you to say that just like how you said it. And I was like, well, I don't know who's listening and who's recording me. But I was like, listen, the only thing separating me and my results from you right now is just time and then money with time. And the more that you're working on yourself and, and really putting in the extra work when no one pays attention. Because when you do all the hard work when no one's paying attention in the dark, when you can subconsciously, I guess you would say, self-sabotage yourself because you don't believe that you're ready for it or really think you earn it. I made that shift a long time ago. But when I put in that work when no one was watching, I'm never going to get exposed in a bright light. Yeah. I'm just not going to be exposed. Yeah. How many people have you come around and this is a, this is a tough one to navigate. How many people that you have come and counter with 
in the, in the financial world that their energy doesn't match who they're talk who they're talking about in themselves and how they're trying to be portrayed. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a lot, Chris. It's a lot. It's a lot. Okay, I would say much so more in the financial world than it does actually in business. Like, just like a side pocket kind of my question, but I'm yeah. just more really curious. Yeah, any it, it, it I, yeah, I say that's hard to tell, but I think it comes down to uh, the the people who are really doing what they are supposed to be doing. Maybe they haven't found their, their real purpose. hundred percent, you know, or, 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 or whatever it might be there or, or their uh, maybe they are in the right position, but they, they're, as we were talking about earlier, they're not as focused. They're not, they're not concentrating on what's most important. Mm -hmm. not, okay. not, not having that focus. That, that, that's what I would say. Yeah. But it, yeah, it, there, there's there's there, there's a lot of good advisors on, at all different types of firms and, in, and independents and everything. But yeah, there are there are some that certainly separate themselves from the rest of the pack. See, I don't want the best in the game. I want someone that's hungry. Yeah, Hung, hungry. Like the people ask me, like, what is the the difference between what is the number one difference you think of the most successful people in the world? It's like the, the ones that are most hungry. Like I got nothing to prove, but I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm hung like I'm willing to destroy the version of myself right now. Like all the success and all the crap that I've ever had. It's not about what I'm getting; it's about what I'm doing to be able to put myself in the right position to yeah. it be at service. I mean, because people say, "Oh, you got to be at service," and that's the key: hung hungry while being at service, because you don't want to be so hungry that you're not concentrating on what's most exactly, that's, exactly at your client's best interest. Right. At all times. It's your moral obligation. That's how I look at this show. Like there's people listening on the end of, end of this right now. My moral obligation is to be able to bring on the right guest and to extract the information in a way that you've never talked about before for them to hear it. Yeah. What they do with it is not my problem. <laughs> right. So that's why I did that little disclaimer at the beginning. It's like, listen, don't take any of this stuff as in financial advice because I can, so we don't need that stuff. Right. But what the whole point is, Pay attention to that. There's only a certain amount of behavioral traits of really successful individuals that make them special. Mm -hmm. There's two. There's there's two goals that I usually look for for the show. Get to the true essence of a story, and then also defining their competitive advantage from my way of thinking, not by them telling me. And your competitive advantage, you have a way of being able to be give off the presence and give off a certain feeling with individuals you make them calm yep that's thank you you're welcome that, that, that's, that's absolutely that's a talent and we, that, and we and we've heard that before that's for sure because i'm I, I can i can imagine this just like in just way that you are you would have someone that has the most like a high emotional state and walk into your office and they instantly when you're present in your energy you just bring them back down yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll tell you if you're asking good questions and, and you start drawing information out of people and you just, just like you do, I mean you're amazing at this. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. That means really? a lot coming from you. Yeah, really. But uh, when you start asking good questions and and you start diving in a little deeper and it lets the guard down, it calms them down a little bit, and they, they see where you're coming from. It it's amazing what can happen. That, that's where that, that's where miracles happen. Yeah, that's where that's where miracles happen. Yeah, I, I mean, just like you, and I, there's a reason why I picked up on this because I've had this compliment before with individuals. 
-hmm. Like my best clients and the best business and all the best decisions I've ever made when it came to business, it came from referrals. Oh yeah. No question. All from referrals. It was, I don't, granted it's taking me years to be able to develop that type of credibility and that name. Right. But they know what they're going to get. Like I know someone you need to know and his name is Chris Ross, or I know someone you need to, just like Breen, when he introduced us, you need to know this person because he, he sees the alignment somewhere. And yep. most of them come from the strategic coach. Oh, nice. They come from that. Yeah. Well, and, and, and if you're running a good, if you're running a good business and you truly love your clients and, and they love you, when right. they refer someone to you, it's going to be an awesome person. hundred percent. Oh, amazing. You, you have to feel that. And you can't, you can't communicate that through words. Right. You, they have to feel that from you. It's not about what you say. It's how you go about saying it and make them feel a certain way. And you got to practice it every day. hundred percent. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Every, and that's what, every that's, interaction, every day, every interaction that you have. And, and I, I'll, I'll tell you the one thing, if you don't mind, what, what we, what we do is every interaction we have, we say, thank you at the end of the conversation. I love that. Regardless of what it was about, but they, for, for entrepreneurs, you know, they, they, they chose us to help them with that problem. Even if we might've been doing them a favor in some way where we're right. They, that's how the, the client or customer feels. Mm-hmm. You say thank you because you appreciate them. They they chose us. Mm-hmm. You could them. choose anybody else in this whole yeah. world. They called us to ask for some advice. They called us to ask if we knew of a good electrician around the neighborhood. I mean, whatever it is. Right. I I say thank you for everything. It's even so even bad stuff. Even the bad things that happen. I appreciate it. Thank exactly. you so much for exposing yeah. you. Yeah. Right. You you called me and not somebody else. Right. And they feel, and they feel that from you. They feel that from you. Yep. I love that you make that a part of every touch point. Yep. Cause I know it came from our first conversation because you know, I've been around companies that have like, I mean, of course I write with flashcards. I have flashcards, everything. Like I save every flashcard for every conversation I have and I file them. It's funny. I'm, I'm one of those weirdos, but because I want to know when I write things down is about not what sometimes it's not about what you said. It's about my angle like something to bring up to, to come back to a circle back on to touch on. And I look and I listen, I listen for, I'm listening from behind what you're saying. And I want to see if there's a pattern there. And once I pick up on that pattern and how people go about making decisions and certain touch points then I know, and then I know my way in and I give up and I make sure that they go, Chris, man, I never told anybody this before. And I'm sure you get that a lot. Don't you, Dave? I never told anybody this before. And you can't do that by trying to be a nickel and dime try to somebody and try to sell. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. and It takes a lot of obviously experience. Just put it into work. The experience helps. That's for sure. (laughs) Right. You know, what's funny, man, is that this has been a great conversation. I love it. Me too. Thank you. But you you, got to try it. You got to, you got to, if you're not doing it, you got to go try it. Not, not you. you No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. The folks who are listening and uh, it's not difficult, but ask better questions. And if you commit to it, you won't believe what will happen. And one, one quote I refer to all the time. And I tell everybody this, it's, it's unbelievable at the moment of commitment, the universe conspires to assist you. hundred percent. Right. 100%. 100%. Who said that? Goethe. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's true. And it's so true. And learn when, when God's blessing you and the universe is blessing you, control that ego. Yeah. 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 
control the ego. Yep. That's where I failed the most in my life. And I'm just being 100% authentic and, and vulnerable. Where I failed in life, I was living a good life. I was using my gift as a, as a tactical tool to be able to extract what I needed out of life, what I can get. And when I, when I changed that conversation, that mentality started to change and the universe started blessing me. That changed from, you know, why me to try me? And that why me has been victim mentality and you have to go out to get things. And you hear some of these entrepreneurs, you got to go out and get it and seize your day and hustle and blah, blah, blah and grind. Well, if you don't know where the hell you're going, you're, you're going to run in a circle. I know yeah. exactly where I'm going. I know exactly what I'm going to do today. And I know how about going, going to make that happen. Of course, the thing about entrepreneurship, I walk in my office and I get punched right in the face. Well, I'm, I'm okay with chaos because I come from chaos, but what I obviously the impression and the way that I make people feel is not, I can deal with the chaos because I'm, I'm, I'm a strong vehicle. Mm -hmm. Like it could be millions of things happening in the world right now, but I'm never going to let you know all the chaos is happening on the other side. I'm here to protect you. Yeah. And that sounds like to me that you do that. And I, now I know why Justin made sure that in, introducing both of us, but you give off that, you just give off that impression. I think right. that's amazing talent. That's great. Well, and, and you learn it over the years. That's for sure. You, you learn by the mistakes, right? hundred percent. And I know, and then we both picked up on this and I know that you're a Taurus as well. So happy birthday coming up soon. Um, you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. This is my first interview of my forties. So, um, I stepped into the 40 club. Who knew? Oh man, it's crazy. But I, I, Congrats. yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's amazing that I made it. So I look, I cherish every conversation of, you know, that comes onto the show and in that relationship and those touch points, right? And even after this, but if there's anybody that you ever want me to introduce you to, please feel free. Um, and if there's, if there's anybody listening to this, text me at our texting community, 843-396-2104. I'll say it again, 843-396-2104. That's a texting community. We have a partnership with community. Um, app is an app where people can text back and forth, Dave. So we'll okay. make sure that my team shares any kind of people that give feedback. Now we love feedback. Um, so anything this kind of helped you in any type of way in life, if you're listening to this, that's what the, the intention was for. Um, Dave, I guess for the most part, um, it's the only question I don't like to ask people because it's what, you know, everybody says, like if someone wanted to reach out to you, and just kind of say, hey, I appreciate the information and in, in me hearing this conversation. Obviously not for financial stuff, right? But it's not having someone that wants to hire you. That's not going to happen. Your time's not best well served in that type of situation. But what would be the best way for them to kind of like share some love with you? That's very nice. Thank, thank you very much for asking. And I, and I, and I, I hope this did provide some value to, to some folks listening. Probably the best way, is if you go to edwardjones.com and simply type Dave Van Buskirk, you'll be able to find me and you can send a, a message right through the site there. Okay. All right. So I'll make sure I'm taking a note of that. I'll okay. make sure that I'll have my team put that in the show notes and whatnot. And obviously when we go to promote the show um, and getting your episode out there, I'm, you know, all my team will reach out and we'll make that happen. Uh, but yeah, guys, I appreciate you investing the time all the way to the end of this episode. And Dave, thank you so much for coming on. It really was a pleasure of mine. Thank you, Chris. It, it, it was a pleasure here. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate you very much. All right. You, always, man. Take care. Be well, be safe, be you, and just be great.
Y'all guys tell, take care. Peace out.